and welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. I'm Robbie Swale, uh, and in this podcast, I speak to other coaches, have frank, open, honest conversations about how they grew their business, about how they work with clients, about life as a coach in general. Uh, and this is episode three, and I'm delighted to get, so excited to get to introduce to you, um, or if you're very lucky, reintroduce to you, Minor Arias. Uh, Minor is a Costa Rican coach. Uh, he was the first Hewlett Packard employee to receive coaching training in Costa Rica, and that set him off on a journey into the world of coaching. Um, he left HP soon after that and struck out on his own, but had an incredibly difficult first year, which basically left him on the verge of bankruptcy, out of money. Uh, in and he describes in a very touching way some of the really difficult times that that involved. Then a chance encounter via Toastmasters set him off on a journey to the thriving coaching business he has today. Um, and we get into all kinds of things in this, including why he chose coaching as the main thrust of his business and not training or, or public speaking, which are both things that he also loves. Um, there's an amazing tip he got from uh, the coach that, that kind of rescued him uh, at, at the point of bankruptcy. An amazing tip from that coach about using a calendar in a simple way to to really change the way he looked at his time and, and get him off the ground. And then there's all kinds of things about his current work. His new company, Vive Por Desenio, and you get to hear me as well in the podcast failing miserably to say that, uh, as well as getting minor and his amazing uh, Costa Rican accent the whole way through. Um, and there's a beautiful part right at the end where he talks about three key ideas for designing your life, because vive por diseño means living by design. So I hope you love Minor as much as I do, um, and have as, get as much of a warm feeling from listening to this conversation as I had from having it. And with that, uh, enjoy episode three of the Coach's Journey podcast with Minor Arias. Minor. Welcome to the to the podcast. It's it's great to have you on. You should know you are the first uh, international guest that I am interviewing as part of this uh, uh, this podcast. And although there will be another one in this first set of interviews, who's based abroad, he's a British guy. So great to be um, great to be welcoming you. Yeah, welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. Wow, Robbie, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Really, I'm. I really appreciate the invitation and I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm really, I was really looking forward to having this conversation and now I, I just feel honored to be the first international guest. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know about it, but I decided to wear my, my, my Batman t-shirt because I didn't have the super coach one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, and, and I saw your cap as well. What does it say on your cap? Uh, the cap says, uh, it's in Spanish, it says Vive por Diseño, which is living by design. This is part of the branding that I'm developing these days. So is this your own, this is your own cap, your own branded cap? Yes, that's right. That's super cool. Super cool. <laughs> y, uh, ¿Y cómo estás, Mano? Oh, great. How's the Spanish? <laughs> very, very well, Robbie. Very well. Yeah, it's, um, it's coming along. It's coming along. Um, yeah. So, so uh, for people listening... I was like, I was actually, Mina, I was thinking this just before the call, actually, just before you joined. I just got this real flash of uh, nostalgia and uh, like, I felt like I really miss Costa Rica. Mm. Um, just thinking about you a little bit, because I, I was like so blessed to have spent two months out in, in your beautiful country, meeting all the beautiful Costa Rican people, getting to spend some time in person with you while, while I was out there. And um, 
yeah, it was such a such a pleasure and great to get that little feeling. And and when I came out to Costa Rica, I think I knew like ten words of Spanish. And by the time I left, I knew a few more. And I remember sitting having dinner with you and your uh, lovely wife and son in a restaurant, trying to speak a bit of Spanish to both of them. Or of course, both of their English. <laughs> your English is spectacular. Both of their English was it was much better than my Spanish. And uh, but I've kept learning mainly via Duolingo. Uh, so my Spanish is, uh, yeah, más mejor ahora que uh, uh, hace dos años. Ah, excelente. That's yeah. great, man. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we're not going. We're going to do this. We're going to do this interview in in English uh, because yeah. <laughs> it would be really hard the other way. But but remind me. I think I remember this story. But how come your English is so good? Because your English is 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 spectacular. Thank you so much. Uh, Robert, really appreciate that. Well, you know, uh, it's a fun story because uh, I, rem I really remember very well that I was around six years old when I, I watched a TV show. Back then, it was these old TVs that you have to be clicking around to have a channel <laughs> and pretty much almost in black and white, I think. And it was a show from USA. It was a clown. And uh, I didn't understand a word, but I loved the show. And... Uh, since then, I, I started telling my dad, look, I, I, I want to speak English. I want to speak English. I want to go sometime. Sometime I want to go to USA anyways. So I keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And then when I was in the school, my, my dad decided to, to, to put me into an institute um, in order to start uh, learning English. So I, I was, you know, really young. I was like in fifth grade or something when I started studying. Um, so it really helped me then in my life, unfortunately. But yeah. That's that's how it got started. <laughs> nice, nice, and and like uh, we're going to talk about your work as a coach today and all kinds of things, I'm sure. But do you remember that was how you first came across English? How did you first come across this thing, coaching, that you do? Huh. Uh, that's a great question. You know, um, I used to ask sometimes people if how they found coaching or if coaching found them. Uh, in my case, coaching find me. Um, I was working as a manager in Hewlett Packard. I used to work for that company some years ago. I actually worked 17 years in manufacturing or leadership um, roles within manufacturing and service provider companies. And um, <clears throat> I was a leader back then in, in Hewlett Packard when I was really hungry for new ways to lead my team, basically. You know, I, I, I was trying to find out something else that could help me to lead with my people, with my team. Um, so digging within a company, I, I found out that there was a person in, in USA within Hewlett Packard, but in USA, who, were, who was uh, basically working with directors and you know, having people get into the basics of something called coaching. I really had no idea what was that, right? But I was looking forward for anything that was kind of new who, that could really help me out in my leadership role. So I contacted her and um, I tried to find out what was that about, what was the, the training that she was having or, or, or giving. And um, so anyway, this conversation led to another one. And the next I knew I was getting the training with her internally, uh, remotely from Costa Rica. I, I got connected with her and, and I, I was the first person receiving this training in Costa Rica. And it was amazing. I, I didn't know about coaching. Then I, I knew about it during the training. Uh, so it was, it was a training about how to implement um, coaching abilities in a leadership role. 
basically. So, um, but she's a really well prepared person. She was certified with many certifications and she has this, you know, this tiny job of tiny, right? Of um, making sure to put coaching with, uh, coaching within the company across the world. So, um, you know, and, and, you, and Hula Packard must be, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people across the world, right? So you like to say just a <laughs> tiny job. Exactly, exactly. It's amazing. It's just thousands of people. So I, I got in love with that. You know, I, I, I started living in myself. Then I started applying everything that I knew with my team and it was creating a change. Um, so, you know, it, it all got started then. Then I, I just went deep with her. Uh, as a matter of fact, then I started facilitating the training in Costa Rica uh, after, you know, implementing it with my team. So that's how I got into coaching. Coaching found me really. Yeah. And you, you kind of said you fell in love. Like, do you remember what it was that just that captured your imagination as you were doing that training or as you were using it with your, with your team? Yeah, it, it was great because, you know, in this type of companies, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's really to be um, invited very often into trainings, right? So it's like a, the culture of any of these type of companies at least this is changing now, but usually it used to be like, uh, okay, here is a new training for leadership. Uh, there it is a new training for communication. So you, used to, you just used to go and receive information from everywhere. This is how you should do it. This is how you should communicate. Let's practice it. But you receive it from the outside all the time. Uh, but now it was different, right? Because I was in this place where, yes, I was learning some techniques, but in order, in order to learn them, I had to be the Winnipeg, you know, I, I, they, they had to work with me first. So they were not telling me what to do. You know, they were telling me, they were asking me questions. They were trying to pull out of me the answers that I really needed in order to create a change on my team. But that would imply a change on myself first. And I love that, you know, I love the way they handle it. And, uh, and then what I really, when I really got in love with it was that, Having known this process, I decided to start changing my one-on-one conversations with my team. I used to have them, but those were the typical one-on-one where, Robbie, you know, this is what's happening with you, and you are falling short on this task, what's going on, okay, so here's what you have to do, and I give you all the recipe, right, so you can be successful or complete your job or whatever. And then, so so I, I started changing those, and so I what I decided to do was basically to give it a try. So I decided to make the same type of conversation. I split it in two. And I decided to make the first part of the conversation towards just talking to you, listening to you, just making some questions, even personal questions to really get to know you and then move forward into the business side of the conversation. But, then I started including more questions into the business side, more questions into it. And so I got to a point where I, I was not really directing anyone. I was just, you know, making questions, empowering people, having them to think by themselves. And the results were amazing. You know, it just really started to happen. And I love that, you know. Yeah. Were, were there any people, because this is sometimes this is an interesting thing to think about, but this, is, you must, this might strike you as a weird question, given that clearly I believe in coaching as well. Were there any people where when you did that, when you changed the way you were managing them, it really didn't work? Or they kind of went, 
what the hell are you doing? Uh, in Espanol, of course. <laughs> yeah, and in English too. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it worked with everyone, but not as fast with everyone. Right. No, for sure, most of the people were like, what the hell is going on with Minor? I mean, what is he smoking or something? <laughs> yeah, really. They were like, Chuck, like, what was that about? I mean, they, they were coming to a meeting expecting the same typical meeting, right? And, and probably they were aware that they were getting short on tasks or in the time, timelines or whatever. So they anticipated that they were coming to a meeting where it's going to be or was going to be hard for them, right? And all of a the sudden, they get a meeting which is totally diff different, like, man, how's your dog? Or, you know, <laughs> what, what's going on with your daughter? Uh, you know, what happened with, you know, what's going on family? And what does it have to do with my job? Well, they just, it didn't make sense at the beginning, right? But, you know, one conversation, then another one, and they started to, to go this, this feeling of, it's nice to have this conversation, right? So at the beginning, for sure, even for myself, right? To be honest, it was, it was a challenge for me because, uh, you know, I, in my head back then, I was, you know, I was, I was that kind of leader who, who was really looking forward to achieving the metrics no matter what, right? So this type of work is, is, is really stressing because you, you have timelines and then they get shorter and you have more timelines and more shorter. So it's, it's a stress everywhere and you have to commit and you have to present data and you have to make sure that you are complying with the customers and the providers. So the pressure is huge. And uh, all, all I could think back then was, gosh, this guy is getting behind. This is not working out. What can I do to make it quick? And I wanted a quick answer. I wanted a, you know, a, a quick result. Uh, so in my mind, it was like, I have to direct that, otherwise it's just not going to happen. But um, what I got from the conversations on myself, it was so different. Maybe I couldn't even initiate it. I couldn't even really explain what was that, right? But I just felt it different. And my intuition just taught me, you know, I need to implement this and see if this really creates a change on people. So it took a while, yes, and uh, it was kind of awkward. And I was the only leader, only manager around there doing this kind of weird stuff or weird conversations or weird one-on-ones. But, you know, they, they finally got to a point where it was like, man, I love these conversations. You know, I haven't had a conversation like this ever with anyone or any boss that I had before. Um, and the things started to happen. Mir miracles started to happen, right? <laughs> uh, it's like a, results happening. People, they were more happy, they were happier or they were getting back to me in order to ask for anything because they, they were, now they were not expecting, you know, um, you know this mad miner uh, trying to take over the situation, but the opportunity to have a conversation to find it out together. So they, they started to see a friend who was his manager and working together to achieve results. And it was much better. But yeah. The transition wasn't easy, man. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, you know, we, we both do work with leaders and with people in organizations. And, you know, people remember those moments where their the manager or someone senior in the organization remembers the name of their dog. And to know the name of their dog, you have to ask them at some point about it. And you have to have space to have those conversations. And, yeah, we know what it's like to be in a conversation where you're being coached in that way. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. But so tell me then, like, spoiler alert, you don't still work for Hewlett Packard. So at what point and how did you begin to think about or make those moves towards more coaching? Okay. Well, you know, back then when I was this uh, hungry for more information. Yeah, actually, everything. sorry, man. How long ago was this? Let's just give ourselves a time frame as well. Sure. It was um, 2012. Twenty twelve, seven years ago, seven to eight years ago, uh, I was I was happy leading my team, but I was really looking for more information, more manager managing practices, leadership, whatever, whatever it was. But I wanted more, right? So in the process, coaching found me. I loved that. I kept forming myself, and then I I just started feeling. I remember very well. It was twenty twelve when I was receiving a training in a in an um, education facility in Costa Rica. It was out of the company totally. I decided to join myself for a six-month program, which was mainly focused towards motivation and leadership. And um, I was receiving this training, and it was facilitated by three people who were uh, business consultants. So I started hearing the stories about working with this company and the other one, and how they used to work with, you know, making changes in the organization, the culture, the leadership. And I, I love that. It was like I, I felt the spark, you know, where, where I say, I'm not sure what, but I think that I want to create something for myself, so, mm-hmm. something of my own. And this sounds interesting, you know. So I, I, I kept investing on myself. I kept, you know, signing on in every single course, training, whatever there was. Mine was the first one raising the hand. No, I was, it was, I was I, I, even in shock sometimes because I realized about internal trainings, also some already even external that the company was paying for. And, and people, you know, manager leaders, they were like, oh, don't look at me. I'm too busy. And I was like, yeah, me, 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 me. I want to go. I want to go. And I was like, man, how are you not taking advantage of this? This is great stuff. And so back then, 2012, you know, my idea started forming about having something that same year i didn't know what to create what to do or when but i came up with the name uh, so i immediately went to the web and registered a domain name which is leaders determinados in spanish that means determined leaders uh, so i registered leaders determinados.com i didn't want i didn't knew what was that gonna be but uh I felt like it was my name. It was the name that I wanted to have back then. So it started as a blog. I kept working in the company, but I just started writing some articles, experiences of my life as a manager and stuff like that. One thing led to the other. And then when I realized I was giving some talks out there, um, many of them were just giving the talk. I wasn't receiving any money most of the time, but I, I I was facilitating. Then I joined Toastmasters within the company and then I exploded a part that I love for myself which is speaking uh, and so it makes sense too now that there was coaching training speaking and impacting people that way having talks outside people were like man that was great I love the topic I loved the way you shared it and I started building that up and then just to make this long story short it was 2012 when I was in that process. <clears throat> in 
2014, something happened, something, something personal, but really impactful on my life. I was having this uh, hectic life, right? Like, you know, I was supporting this um, around almost 40 people. I was a manager for almost 40 people. We, we had the support, the technical support for many con uh, companies around the world. Uh, so basically I had a 24 by seven job. Right? I, I used to go to, the, to, my, to my office at 6 a.m. in the morning. I used to get back to home around 4 or 5 p.m. But then at 6 or 7, I had a virtual meeting. And then if something happened in the night, I had to wake up to, to join the meeting for the issues. You know, so it was, that was every single day. And uh, back then, my son had eight, eight years old. He was, he was eight years old. And <clears throat> there was this particular time when I, I was at around 7 p.m. I was in a meeting. My kid was in the same office in my home. He was playing. With, is this uh, the same room that you're in now or a different one? It's a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same desk, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I was in the call just like this. I was with my headset and I was in this virtual call. I wasn't driving it. I was just attending the call. And uh, so my son was playing by my side with um, his cousin. And I was listening to them when I was in the call. I, I wasn't leading that. And I just remember very well when his cousin said, hey, let's, lay, let's play this. And, and, he, and he proposed another thing, right? But he was with a computer. My son was with a computer. He, he, he just met the computer. So he was playing with PowerPoint, okay. right? So he was there playing with PowerPoint. Uh, he received the offer to, to play something else. And he replied back, hey, no, no, no. I'm, I'm in a meeting right now. I'm, and I look at the, at, the, at the screen of the computer and he had a PowerPoint slide who said leaders and managers. And he didn't want to play because he was having a meeting. So what I heard that was, I'm being my dad. So leave me alone, I'm working. Surely it wasn't the message that I want to give to my son. But I just realized that was the message that I was giving to my son. And it was something that I didn't want in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, aside of that, for sure, I had some health issues, you know, coming out of a stress for sure. You know, so I was like taking pills for everything, uh, constant pains, you know, gastritis, colitis, all that itis, uh, <laughs> health issues that you can imagine. And I knew it was because of stress. I didn't have enough time to run or to go to the gym. And, and I just realized about this and say, I just say there. I can't do this anymore. I don't want it. I just don't want it. You know, it's, it's, it's too high of a price for me. You know, I, he is eight, eight years old and I just realized I'm missing him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm here, but I'm not here. So I was spending just like probably one hour a day with him. That was it. Out of 24 hours a day, I was only spending one hour. He went to bed like 7 p.m. So he was all around six to seven. That's it. So that was it. You know, that really opened my eyes. And I didn't have a plan, really. I didn't have it clear. But I realized and I knew I had to do something. I'm not going to continue in the corporate world. You know, by, before then, I, I really had some plans growing in the corporate side and everything. But, but I realized, no, no, it, it wasn't a priority. I, I, 
I wouldn't make that that bet. I I if I was gonna if I if I was gonna bet, it was for my family, for myself, not for this corporate job. So it was 2014. It was by the end of 2013 to 2014. So in 2014, um, I decided to join the John Maxwell team. It was it was just a move, you know. I I just I knew about uh, John Maxwell. I've read many books before realizing that they back then they had this certification program. It wasn't a very well known certification program because it was really new back then. Uh, so I realized for, for about for it. people who don't know John Maxwell, do you want to say a little bit about him? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so John Maxwell, it's uh, it's been recognized as the number one leadership guru during the last six, seven years. Uh, so he used to be a pastor many years ago, but his 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 type of leadership work within church um, basically drove him into working in the secular side. Like companies wanted to understand how he managed to create these huge churches with thousands of followers. And because of that, he started doing conferences and writing books. So, so far he has more than 100 books written uh, so he's kind of a, a real guru on leadership stuff around the world. So, uh, well, I've realized, I realized I I have read a lot of his books, which are by the way great on leadership. Uh, so if you don't know just Maxwell in is terms there, of leadership, is there, you should read what, about it. is there a favorite one? What's the what would be people's first port of call? Well, there, yeah, there is a book called uh, Leadership Three Hundred and Sixty. Okay, uh, it's an amazing book because it gives you a perspective about leadership a really different perspective about leadership, how you can be a leader regardless of the position that you have in an organization, for example. Yeah. So that's a great one. Yeah. And well, so I, I, I knew about him and now I knew that he had the certification program. And so I decided to give it a try. And so in 2014, I decided to join the team to, to join the certification. I traveled to Orlando, USA, in order to get my certification in August that year. Was that the? Oh, you probably had you been to the USA for work? I was just thinking about six-year-old minor watching the, watching the clown and saying, "I want to go to the USA, Dad." Um, uh, but yeah. you'd already been by that point, had you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time I traveled was when I was working for Intel, uh-huh. and I was like 20, 20 something, twenty-two years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but. There I was um, having having this this trip to Orlando in order to get a certification. I was really excited. Uh, my plan it was funny, interesting because my plan was okay. I, I'm going to invest in this, into this certification, and then I'm just going to come back to Costa Rica. I'm going to spend a year working in the company so I can put everything together, especially my business outside. So I can work on all the details, and you know, I already had my name, I already had my website back then, um, and I really already have my idea on what was going to be my type of support and anything. So I, I was going to give me a year in order to just, you know, finalize that detail for my way out. All right. So I went in October, came back by the end of October, August. I'm sorry, in August, came back by the end of August. And in September, I presented my resignation letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, so why? So what happened? You got back and with this plan, this 12-month plan to carefully build your business alongside, but instead something else happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it was more than two years in my head, 
in my head that I was building the idea of creating something for my own. By 2013, I realized about this thing with my kids. So I really wanted to get out of my job, even though I loved it. But then I went into this certification and I shared with this so many people excited, you know, with about this, you know, the impact we can create on people and giving speeches and, and trainings and, you know, having these one-on-one coaching conversations. Um, so the momentum during the certification, it was this extremely high emotional level, right? So I came back with that. My wife, thank, thankfully, she helped me to settle down, put my feet on the ground, because if it was for me, I was, I, I was just going to put the resignation immediately. I really hold on for less than a month, you know, but I kept working I, and I realized I can bear it. I mean, I cannot be here anymore, any longer. Uh, I love my job, but my heart was already doing something else and my body was at the work and it, it didn't make sense. I knew that I was not going to be able to, to give my best within the company when my head and my heart were already creating something for myself. So, I had a conversation with my boss. I, you know, really less than a month after that, I came with my letter. Um, he asked me the favor to work with him by the, until the end of the year so I could deliver everything. So it was like, you know, from September to December in order to close everything and wrap them up. So great, I did it. I, I wasn't in a rush, uh, not, not as much. <laughs> so I, I worked with them in order to, you know, make the transition and everything. So I didn't have time to work on my business. I had to work on, you know, just putting everything together within the company. But I was excited. So I, I, you know, I was getting really late at night to bed because I spent hours uh, checking on documents and reading about leadership and creating my own stuff, getting ready for that moment. And so, well, um, we got to December 2014. Um, farewell from the company and my seven teams, uh, 17 years working for multinational companies. And it got all started then. I decided to take a, real, a little break in December. So I traveled with my family on vacations. And then on January 20, 2015, got started with my own coaching, training, speaking business in Costa Rica. Amazing. <laughs> and, and at that point, had you You've done some speaking and things like that through Toastmasters and other things. You've been using your coaching in your work. Had you had paid clients and speaking engagements and training outside of work yet, or was all of that still to come? I had just a few, um, you know, really low payment. Well, how, how, how much money kind of things do you remember getting paid? <laughs> yeah, I think... I got to around $150, something like that. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, considering <laughs> that I was just getting started, yes. <laughs> but it was just a few, right? I had so many others, but they were no charge. Yeah. You know, and, and I was happy with that because I, you know, I, I, was, I was sharing my word, but getting the confidence in order to be in front of people outside of my bins. Because obviously at the company, I, I didn't have any type of, problem right I used to travel to meet with you know vice presidents of Heineken and any other many other companies so that portion of the meetings and everything was was easy to me but now having this type of talks 
with my own words for my own business, it was way, way different, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, right. There is something different about it, isn't there? So, so in that first, so it's January 2015, in that first month, what was that like? Do you remember? Was it, there was some excitement, but I, I might be projecting onto you. I'm imagining some nerves as well. Yes, for sure. You know, even by the moment when I left the company, I felt like, oh my God, I'm, what I'm doing? Yeah. Is, 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 is this really the right decision? I mean, yeah. obviously, you feel this level of excitement from one side, but this huge level of fear from the other because it's totally unknown. You, you know you want it, but you really don't know what it is to be there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so at, at the beginning in January, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, somehow I felt... And I don't know if this was a good thing or not, <laughs> but I felt very confident mm. about my offer and what I was what I was planning to do, right? So in my head, and I'm gonna be honest here and transparent, in my head, because I didn't have that on paper, in my head I had a plan. I had a, a, a business strategy for my business, right? So I, you know, I had this much experience being a leader and manager, working with managers and working with, uh, you know, operation with manufacturing, with different fields. There were many years in, in, in that industry that I was 100% sure back then that my business was going to be focused on business leaders. I was, I was going to be the one delivering training, leadership, coaching, this mindset shift to the, um, mid-level to directors to high-level executive within multinational companies. So that's it. That was my plan. You know what I mean? It couldn't fail, right? Because I knew the market. I knew everything. I knew the needs they had. I was part of it. I, I knew the environment. I knew everything. So um, my business plan was basically, okay, so I have the experience. I have 70 years of experience backing me up. Now I have this leadership training and coaching training and certifications. Uh, so I'm just going to go knock on the door for many different companies and going to start offering what I know and how this can impact the leaders and for sure then how this can impact the income, revenue and everything for the organization. So totally makes sense why they wouldn't want to hire me, right? I couldn't think about any reasons. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, what happened? What happened? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I spent my... my my perhaps my most difficult year ever the most difficult year ever by the end of 2015 my first year i was in bankruptcy uh, okay like i really like literal literal i wow. mean like uh, um i spent all the savings we had um when in Costa Rica, when we get out of a company and we work, you know, at least one month as an artist, um, we have uh, something that we call here liquidation, which is like a, it's like a bonus payment that you receive because of your services. Now, since I managed to make an arrangement with my manager in order to help them for a few months, um, they didn't accept my resignation letter. So they actually offered me to create a, an agreement, an, you know, an exit agreement for myself. So because of that, they decided to pay me the whole uh, amount of money that I deserve rather than if I was uh, a resignation. Because if I resign, I was just going to get a little bit of money. 
but they decided to give me everything. So basically, by the end of the contract, I got this big amount of money. It was an important amount of money. And I had some savings of my own. But during the year, I knocked on doors. I had a lot of meetings. You know, I had many conversations. I mean, I, I had to be honest. Yeah, there were people, uh, human resources manager who opened the doors for me. But they never came out as a business. Never. Not even one. I didn't manage to sign a contract within a year. So by the end of the year, um, I didn't change my, my lifestyle, the one that I used to have where I was a, you know, an employee. So I kept using my money, my savings, you know, from my bank account, but I was not getting any money from my business. And I was like, uh, yeah, but I'm getting started. This is going to count soon, right? I'm having these conversations. I'm not sure it's gonna, there's going to be a contract and it's going to be okay. It's okay, that, yeah, five months. I have six months into it, but it's just six months. You know, I'm new. So that's fine. You know, people have to know me and we have to have this trust. And I had all the reasons to believe that everything was going to change at some point. But at the end of the year, you know, we made the, the numbers. So we had to present in order to present taxes and everything. And when we made the numbers, only then I realized that within the whole year, I made less money than a month of payment that I used to receive when I worked for the company. Right. So I didn't have any money. I just didn't have any money on my own. I was receiving, I wasn't receiving any type of money. The, the, the few bucks that I received within the year, it was because I created a couple of masterminds open to public and a um, few people signed up for them. So I managed to get a few bucks, but every now and then the, within the year, it wasn't surely not enough at all. So it was hard. I mean, it was, I was, by the end of the year, I was like, how is it possible? I mean, I even had a conversation with a, with the multinational company during six months. I created a tailor-made program for them, for their leaders. We worked towards all their needs, um, how this could impact the organization, why they wanted it, you know, what was the, the expectations, everything. And then I adjusted the program and I created a brand new program for them. We had discussions and conversations within six months getting to a point where they say, minor, I'm really, really sorry, but the budget that we had was spent in another country in Central America, and we no longer have any money to spend on the program that we've been working on during these six months. And they didn't hire me. And the same happened in different ways with different companies. And I wasn't promoting coaching, promoting coaching as a, I was offering coaching, but I wasn't really promoting the coaching services and one-on-one service. So bottom line, didn't make any money within the year. My business plan in my head didn't work at all. And I really couldn't figure out why by the end of the year. And, and do you have ideas now? Like what, what, what weren't you doing right or what, what was missing? Yeah, totally, totally. And um, now that I can look back and just like a steep uh, job say you know, looking at the dots backwards, you can realize about, you know, many things and get clarity. And yeah, for sure. So first example is I went out to the world, right? It was just minor. It wasn't a team. It wasn't more people. It's just one minor. It's a solopreneur. And my first wrong decision was to create this type of business with, with three different lanes. 
I, my business was supposed to be over the lane of training, but I was also promoting as a speaker and also was promoting as a coach. So they are three different lanes, right? So that is just like I, I will tell you right now, Robbie, okay, just go ahead, you know, stop everything you're doing and start working on building three different companies by your own, just yourself. It's crazy because each one of these lanes, they require different levels of marketing. They are focused to different types of population or niche or whatever you want to call it, right? You have to show up in a way different way for each one of them. I mean, it's not the same to sell a training than selling coaching. It's just way different. And so I wasn't, I wasn't delivering one single line, one single pitch of sales or whatever. I wasn't showing up as the coach or the speaker or the trainer, but as a mix of all of them. So, you know, from, from an outsider perspective, a potential client perspective, they could easily say, well, what is this guy? I mean, is he a coach or a trainer? Or is a speaker? Should I hire him as a speaker or a trainer? Was it was it the problem that we, we was it the problem that you weren't sure about that either, or or yeah, why was it that you were showing up like that? <laughs> Just the naivety of having this plan and thinking this makes complete sense, which it kind of does. You know that you had that. It's like you know you've got all those skills definitely, and you did then. So what? Yeah, why was it that you were showing up like that? Yeah, I. Right now, I can say that I'm convinced that a big portion of it was, was that I wasn't even sure right. about which one of those or if I was really the one to be delivering the three of them. Because, you know, honestly, honestly speaking, I love those three lanes. But now, if, if right now I had a shoes, and we haven't talked about it yet, but, you know, right now my business is 90% coaching. And the other, the other 10% is, uh, is just training whenever some opportunities come to me, not because I'm looking to create them. Yeah. So basically right now, I'm just focus on creating coaching clients. That's it. Um, but I can give a conference right now and I, you know, I can speak with total confidence. I, I, I know what, I, what is it like and I know how to do it and I love doing it and I don't hesitate at all if I have to talk with anyone right now to make a speaking geek, whatever it is in the world, whether it is in Spanish or, or English. But back then, I wasn't that confident. Mm. And then in terms of coaching, I wasn't that confident either because I had a lot of experience coaching people within the company, but they were either my employees or people from the organization. But now I had to offer coaching as a business owner, right? And it was a whole different mindset and I wasn't ready for that. I, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, even so with I, that experience as a manager, it's a different thing, like you said before. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting the way you talk about your business now. Actually, that it feels similar to how I look at it. If I got asked to speak about something, no one ever asked me to speak about something. But like, you know, anyone <laughs> anyone listening who wants to, you're, you know, of course, invite me. But um I could, I would happily do that. And I, you know, there's plenty of dots going backwards that show why I'd be happy to do that. And I do bits and pieces of training and facilitation, but it tends to be when they, 
fall into my lap, not what I'm creating. And, and, you know, we both know that doing those things every now and again, that's a great way to start connecting with people that helps to create clients. But yeah, the coaching is the center of, of my business too. But so take us, connect us then. We're in January 15, when, uh, 2015, when you've just realized, oh shit, uh, I haven't made any money. And I've spent my savings and I've spent the money from the, from, from leaving the company. And yet, and five and a half years later, five or six years later, you're in a different place, it sounds like. And yeah, we could start there with what's going on right now. Or we could start with, you know, what have, what steps have made the difference from that really unsuccessful first year to now? And I understand, although we haven't spoken for 18 months or so, that things are going really well at the moment. All right. Yeah. Well, I told you that my, perhaps, I say that perhaps my first mistake was, you know, trying to create this three lanes business, right? But now what helped me change this made me realize that the mistake, the first mistake, it actually goes one step backwards. And it's exactly the same that actually helped me to change my situation. What was it? Well, I knew about coaching. I knew about the power of coaching. I was certified. I knew what really happens in people when they have someone who can work with you and help you see things in a different way. I wanted to sell that. I get out of my previous job with money and I decided just to create this by my own. I didn't even thought about hiring a coach for myself. That was my first mistake. I can, <laughs> I can clearly say it now. But I, I just wasn't seeing it there. Just like it happens with, you know, you and I, we work with coaches. And just like it happens with most of the coaches, we get certified, we know how to do it. And with most of the coaches at the beginning, when they are just getting started, it just, most of the time, it doesn't cross through their minds the idea of having a coach. Because I'm not a coach. I know how to coach. So I've been there as a, you know, as a student. Why should I have a coach? I can do this by myself. So it never crossed my mind. Now, in 2016, uh, there's something I didn't mention, but this is relevant. Um, <clears throat> when I decided to leave the company, I was already certified as a speaker by Toastmasters. I was part of the Toastmasters uh, board of directors within the company. I used to assist the Toastmasters frequently within the company, but in our country, we didn't have a Toastmasters club open to public. There was just like three clubs, three private clubs. And I had the fortune to be part of them because I was part of the companies. So I knew I, I wanted to continue with that. So when I quit my job and I left my job, I decided to create the first club in Costa Rica. And actually, Mana, for people, I, I'm sure most people do because it's a famous thing, but some people won't. So tell us a little bit about Toastmasters and also... What, what did you get out of it? And yeah, and then, and then yeah, bring, bring us back to this because right. I'm sure it's going to be relevant. <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, well, Toastmasters is an international organization which was created 94 years ago with the main goal to help people develop, develop their um, speaking skills as well as their leadership skills. But it's mainly focused on helping people to overcome the fear of speaking whether it is to a three-people group, to a thousands people, 
you know, meeting or conference or whatever. So it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful place to develop the skills, you know, and overcoming the fear, but in a very safe environment where you really feel safe, where you know that no one is criticizing you, but at the same time you are learning a lot and you are gaining the confidence so you can step forward every time you feel confident creating your presentations or just speaking with people. So it's, it's a wonderful place to, to learn how to show up in a different way. Even if you are not thinking or considering to be a speaker, just how do I show up different in a meeting room? Toastmasters have with that. So I, I knew about Toastmasters in, in, in my search, in my hungry, of, in my hunger of, of learning more. And I realized about Toastmasters and joined within the company. So, so then I, I was certified, but just with the first certification, there are many. And uh, I love that. I love the environment, the growing, everything. Uh, but the bad news was there was not an open to public club in Costa Rica. So I decided to create my own because I wanted to continue. It was a selfish decision, honestly, at the beginning because <laughs> I wanted to continue and there wasn't a place for me to continue. But, but, but that's great, man, because uh, I, I could say, you know, you and I met uh, working with Rich Litvin on a Prosperous Coach salon. And that's a kind of, you know, he, he talks about that kind of thing as well. It's like, oh, well, look, if there's a community that you want, create it, create it for yourself so that you've got it. And that's just a wonderful way to think because it's, it's almost certainly for anyone thinking, I wish I had a community like this or like that. There's almost, it's almost certainly not just you thinking that. And so it's almost yeah. certainly not just you in the whole of Costa Rica, right? In San Jose, let alone the whole of Costa Rica, who, who, who would have thought, God, I'd love to have access to a Toastmasters. Or at least if they didn't know that, to the kind of things that you've just described that come out of a, an organization like that. Exactly. Totally right. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And this is relevant because actually, um, well, the first thing that I did is I just started having conversations with a few friends because I needed to create a board of directors. Before I could create the club, I needed to have a board of directors so I can make the request to, to, the request to USA and get the, the approval in order to create a club, right? And, and let me just check, sorry. Uh, so where are we in time now? When are you creating this club? Well, the club it was created right at the beginning of 2015. Well, at least the process in order to create the board of directors. Actually, our first meeting, um, the open house, as a matter of fact, was in October 2015. Right. So it took me from January to October to create the, the whole group and everything, and we just launched in October. Now, how is this relevant? It was, it was interesting. This is where, you know, many dots happen and you don't realize it's happening you, because you just, you have it in front and you, you, just, you don't know you're part of, you know, this, this masterpiece being created. Um, I wasn't making any money in that year, but I was working without any type of payment. You know, Toastmaster is, a, is an ONG organization. It's, you know, it's a nonprofit organization. So just the same in our club, we open the club to help people to develop the skills, but we are not making any profit out of it, right? So I wasn't making any money. I was trying to come up with my business plan or whatever it is to help me create money. Um, and I was investing my time and efforts and everything in order to create this group, you know, to help people towards this. I have myself too. So anyway, that, that group was real from October 
And then in February, no, in December to January 2016, it happened that I received an email from a person from Oregon, USA. Didn't know him. Um, so he basically said, look, I'm part of Toastmasters in Oregon. You know, I'm participating in an international um, challenge or something like that for Toastmasters. And so I'm just partic a participant of that. So anyways, I'm traveling to Costa Rica for three days because I'm going to be there just to write my speech for the contest. Um, and I just realized there is a Toastmasters class in Costa Rica. So I would like to know if I can visit you guys. Cool. I mean, yeah, sure. So I speak English. I talk to him. And anyway, he came to Costa Rica in February. Um, I, I met him. I picked him up at the hotel. I drove him to the meeting we had. Then we have some dinner and conversation. So we spent a couple of days together, basically. He joined the team and shared with us a speech. But I, what I didn't know and I realized during our conversation was that he was a coach. And, but it was like two opposites <laughs> of a coach, you know, because I was this coach more than struggling, like in bankruptcy, without any money, without a clue on how to create clients or any type of business it looked like. And there it was this guy who was just a coach, nothing else taking three days to create a speech in Costa Rica. And I was like, how the hell are you doing that? I mean, you just came here to write a speech. You, how that happened? And he started to show with me the way he ran the business. And honestly, in my head, it was like, you're bluffing. <laughs> so, and so can you tell us his name and, and what were the things he was saying about how he was doing it? Sure, sure. His name is Jason. Uh, Jason Leon. He lives in, in Oregon. He's a great coach. Uh, so, well, he started telling me that, um, you know, he has this, this coaching practice where he just worked with just a few people. But uh, so in a day, he has more time for himself rather than for business. And um, basically, most of the clients that he had, he said they have them for via phone call conversations, not even face-to-face, -face, not even Skype back then or Zoom now, but just phone call conversations uh, because he wanted to have the freedom of being in Costa Rica or anyway, so just pick up the phone and have a conversation with the client, but just with a few ones. And I don't remember, he mentioned a number. I really don't remember the number, but he mentioned the number that he was roughly doing in a year. Of money? Yeah, and yeah. money, yeah. He was making out of coaching and it was just working with few people only by phone, making the much money and trying to Costa Rica to create a speech for a contest of Toastmasters to Bluffing, man. I mean, I, my mind was like, sounds amazingly great, but I can't really <laughs> picture how this can be possible at all. Yeah. So anyway, making the long story short, uh, he spent three days in Costa Rica. We had these conversations. He realized, I shared with him that I was in an awful position the opposite one of himself. And um, so he flew back to USA. And a week after, he reached out, reached back to me. Same an email, contact me. And he offered me if I was willing, because he was aware of the situation I was living, if I was open to having a few conversations with him without me paying anything at all. 
So it was, man, I just want to have you out. Uh, I hear you. And I like what we, you know, what we discussed, the conversation we had. And, you know, I think I could help you in a way, at least to share with you a few things that I've been doing that have helped me out to raise my business and everything. So, man, this is a no-brainer, right? I mean, unless your, your ego is really higher than yourself, this is a no-brainer. It's a coach that is stating that he's living a tremendous life and he's offering to help me having some conversations without any payment at all. So for sure, I say yes. And we had a few conversations. And I think it was no more than four conversations. We, we, we connected every... Actually, he called me from, from USA directly to my cell phone. I didn't even have to pay for the phone call too. <laughs> he called me from there um, every week for three four weeks. So basically, work for a month. Um, so the first conversation we had, it was kind of taking a real look about how I was building my business, you know, giving him the details along the lines that I already shared with you. And first thing he did, first, first thing he asked me and pretty much direct me to do, <laughs> almost forced me, <laughs> was that, you know, he said, meaning, you're crazy, man. You're trying to create three different businesses just by yourself. So my first assignment pretty much was, and I agreed, I, I, when, when we spoke, I could see it. And I had the year back of experience, so it made total sense. So my first assignment was, man, you got to work towards deciding through just one, one of them. And I was reluctant, really, because I loved speaking. And I loved being in front of a team teaching them. And I loved coaching, too. So it was like, man, I, I, I don't want to give out to two other lines that I really love. But I understood it. And so anyway, anything, was, anything at all was working for me. So what the hell? You know, how is it going to be worse? Right? Well, Got to try something. Right. So it was really, really, really difficult to sit down by my own and trying to come up with the pluses and minus of each one of those lanes and, you know, trying to come up with a decision of, this is the one that I'm going to choose. Yeah. And um, it, it really was tough. Um, but anyway, after a lot of thought, a lot, many days, um, I decided to go for coaching. And do you remember why? Like what yeah. Was it? yeah. Totally. I remember why. I didn't have a clue on how to make money with the speaking or coaching or training. It was clear. So I didn't know how to make money, <laughs> right? Right. So taking that into consideration, I didn't know how to make a prosperous coach career. So my decision was based on my feeling, my emotion. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, here is speaking. I can be talking to a thousand, three thousand, five hundred, two hundred group of people. I feel great doing it. I'm not afraid of doing it. But what happened with the message? How do I feel doing it? Great. I feel great. But transformation, mm. how does it happen with the group? If I have 5,000 or 200 people or even 20, really, on just one conference, what's the level of impact or transformation they really get? Yeah. I, and I know for sure because I've been training for really many years 
that and statistics are clear. You know, when you are giving a training or especially a conference, you know, the percentage of retention is really low. And after three days, it actually drops down unless you continue working on it. But that was the problem. Most of the people don't continue working on it. They just hear the message, get something out of it, and keep moving forward right. with their life the same way. And, and it's amazing because that's basic. It's very similar to what you said about what just lit your eyes up about coaching in the first place, right? Is that it is not just the time you're there. It's it's and it's not just the being told something. Exactly. It's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And and so okay, so you've you've had these conversations with Jason, and you've settled on coaching. So what happened? Like, how does that then? move from where you were then to where we are now what are the what are the i don't know three or four key things that happened over the next few years yeah so first of all uh, jason helped me understand that there was another way to create clients or let's get started we have a way to create clients not just to spec for them to come Right, right, or to find them, and, and to, let's catch the language of create clients, right? Which is different, which is not get clients. It's not find clients, and and there's a reason for that, right? I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, definitely, because uh, I I I was used to think about you know how how do I do to show up in the world so people can look after me, right? They can find me, so they can contact me, write me, whatever it is, so I can create these clients, and uh, so. Jason comes and say, well, no, there's a different way. It's actually a much better way. Let's start working on it. Let's start working towards creating clients. Because something he said that really resonated with me, even today, is you don't really need 1,000 clients, right? You just need to create one or have one. And then whenever you have that one, then you need to create another one. So for that, you really don't need to be looking for thousands of people, you know, over the internet. Uh, so let's, let's make something different. So we went into my calendar, uh, for sure, that was empty totally. Uh, you know, I didn't have any meeting, any client, anything. Not even my personal staff was scheduled on the calendar, right? So it was like, okay, here it is, totally empty. So um, part of my first task was actually to sit down with an empty calendar and start deciding to put into the, every single day some blocks, some spaces reserved for coaching conversations. Even though I didn't have any client or name to put in there. But the exercise was, man, look at your calendar, take a look at that, and just decide, you know, on Monday morning, within what times do you want to have a conversation? And then in the afternoon, is it going to be one or two or five or how many? And just put a block in every single slot in your calendar so you can know what are the spaces you have for a conversation, right? And then what we're going to do is, or you are going to do minor, is um, let's start connecting with people, listening to people, to, you know, paying attention to problems, issues, words, whatever it is coming out of people that you know, that you have the sense or feeling that if they are with you in a conversation, you could help them out, serve them. And if you get to find someone like that, just offer them to have a conversation. No price, not every, just like I did with you, right? He said, I just offer them to have a conversation 
And, and now you have a calendar and you can say, well, I have a slot on Friday at 2 p.m. Or there, even though your calendar is empty, but you can say, well, and you're not lying, right? You're saying, I have a space on Friday, which is true. Yeah, and also, and so let's, you, cash, also let's cash. You've decided, I just, this is a beautiful thing, right? Because you've already started to create your life by this point, right? Instead of being a victim of, will people come and want to speak to me? It's like, you've already sat, looked at the empty calendar and gone, there are certain times that I want to have conversations. I'm going to choose to have them here and here and here and here. And those yeah. are the times that you want to speak to clients. So it's, it's really true to then say to a client, well, look, I only speak to clients in certain slots. The next one yes. that I could speak to you in or the one that I'd like to speak to you in, how about Friday at two or whatever that is? That's super exactly. Cool. Yeah. And, and, and it amazing. sounds like Jason, I just want to catch it. It sounds like Jason um, was taking you into the stuff that, that you and I learned from Rich that many people have learned from Litvin, Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler, who wrote The Prosperous Coach. Was Jason a part of that or had he come to it separately to that? Because it's, it is the way to create clients. And I know there are lots of other people that have used those. In fact, one of the other guests I've already spoken to as part of this series was saying when she first uh, read that book, when it came out and everyone loved it, she'd already been coaching for you know, maybe a decade or something. And she was thinking, oh no, what if, what if I've been doing it wrong the whole time? And these guys have got all these great ideas. And of, of course, that wasn't the case because if you've created a sustainable business in coaching, you'll have used at least some of those ideas that those two authors summarize so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. Jason was part of it. Yeah, definitely. So as a matter of fact, um, there was one day when I remember very well, I was, I was in my home. I didn't have any client or anything. I was just working towards our conversations and somebody knocked at the door and there was a package delivered to me. I don't know how, because I didn't ask for anything. I didn't have any money, remember? So, but it was directly sent to me, really. So it happened to be a book that was sent, was sent by Jason to me. Mm -hmm. He purchased the book, shipped it over to my home, and it was the Prosperous Coach book. And I remember really well because it was a Friday, and about mid midday, and uh, so I, I took the book, I just went to the couch and started reading and reading and I just didn't stop reading until Sunday. And then a lot of the things that we had in conversations made even more sense. And I just fell in love with the process because it took off the pressure off me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't really need to have a, I, I did have a website, but I didn't really need to have one. Or I didn't need to have Facebook lives or whatever. I could create a life, a coaching practice in a different way so you know moving fast forwarding a little bit on that one um i just really i was diligent on my task so i took my calendar and set aside some blocks and it was like my god i don't have a just a single name for that but okay this is my task i have to feel this i want to do it because at the end of the day robbie here is something really important we all started coaching so we can coach people. We didn't study coaching to marketing or, you know, to be recording or speaking, even though we enjoyed it a lot. But if I decided to be a coach, I really decided to be a coach because I wanted to coach someone. Now, I wanted, I needed the money. Yes, I needed the business side of it. Yes. But I was really missing having a conversation with someone and helping them. And 
I was totally into my mind because I was in totally needy place. I needed money. And I wanted to get to sit back again with someone in front of me and focus on them and help them. So I looked at that as an opportunity for me to get back into playing with it, into leaving the coaching. Even though I still didn't have an idea on how that was going to be a business, to be honest. I was just following the steps, but I, I didn't know how that was going to create money for me. But anyway, so I started you know, connecting with people. I, I, I made a big list of people that I thought of, and I took my, my phone number that you and I know. I mean, you know, all the people that know about the Prosperous Coach know that, you know, this is the best tool that you can have in your hands. Here I have more, you know, thousands of people in this, um, you know, my phone agenda or address book. So there are many, more than enough people there to connect and listen to and be present with and realize if there is something happening in their life. And who knew? That happens to everybody, right? So, you know, I just, from connecting to one people and the other, I started inviting them into having a conversation at the beginning with a very lazy invitation. But, you know, I was just working on that. I just wanted people to be having a, this conversation. Uh, many people say no, but then just one people say yes, and I had a first name in one of those many blocks, empty <laughs> blocks. And then I had another one and another one. And, and, and I started having, you know, regaining the feeling of having these impactful conversations where people were living with a different face. And I was feeling with this sense of, gosh, I helping them. I'm forgetting about myself and my problem and my issues and my lack of money. Yeah. And, and look, like I, I think there's something really important about that, about, um, so I'm just adjusting my thing because I'm getting to the sun has finally come yeah. out in England and it's just shining on the side of my face. Um, yeah, like I really remember a time in my, when I had, I was at a point where I'd left my a job uh, either part-time. I think I'd left it. I got some part-time space for coaching. And I just remember like, oh, I just need to coach someone, anyone. And I actually coached my sister. And it was great. Like I felt felt the feeling of coaching again and the whole thing felt more doable when I was within a week of having had that experience that I got into it to have with somebody. Um, but I imagine you also got some people who said no to those things. And if not then, then over the next few years, you must have had that a lot. And I think that's one of the tricky things as a coach, as en probably as anyone who's selling anything. But there's something I think specifically about selling yourself um, selling your time, selling your attention, which makes those no's pretty tricky. So I wonder what, what have you learned over the years as a coach about how to deal with that beast? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? We all go through, through that one because at the beginning it hurts. And um, what I can tell you about it, you know, with these many years working on so many no's in, the, you know, in, 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 my, in my history so far is that we we start in the process taking them personally. That's you know, and it, it just has to happen that way because at the beginning is the ego, you know, working instead of us, right? We are not even aware of that, but we take it now as a no to me, and we don't realize it's a no to the offer or to the moment or to the proposal. Uh, 
because of way too many reasons. But the moment I take it personally, obviously it affects my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions. Um, but, you know, as Rich and Steve Chandler say, right, it's uh, just living in the land of no's. Right. Yeah, it's a really nice line. It's a really nice quote. But, man, you have to go through a lot of no's to really get it because at the beginning it just sucked, right? Yeah. I mean, especially when you are in a needy place because, um, you know, just, just different to many people. You know, I got to a place where I didn't, couldn't even put gas on my car, right? I, you know, to be really transparent, I, I got to a point where I didn't even have money to buy eggs for dinner. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, we cried. My wife and I cried uh, many times because of it. So that needy part of us, you know, that, that need of, you know, making money to survive even, <laughs> Uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, I was going to be out of kick out of my home because fortunately it's, it's my own home. But, but other than that, I didn't even have to buy food. Right. So, yeah. And look, I want to, because I want to, you know, we've got some time left. We've got you know more time to speak, but I want to make sure that we get to where you are now. And this feels like the time, right? Because you, you've been at this difficult place. We've heard about the kind of how you came to coaching. And then there's these times when you can't afford eggs and things are really difficult. And of course, there's a weird habit in the modern age, isn't there, that we only tell those stories of the really difficult times when they end well. And I know that between, I don't know how things are going exactly for you now, because we haven't spoken for a year or, or so. Um, but I also know that in between that moment and now, the times haven't always been easy. They rarely are for any of us. But give us a sense of right now in your business, in your life, how are things going? What are you up to? And then I want to, and then before we finish, by the way, I want to come back to some of those things that made a difference in the meantime, but I want to hear right. before we do that a little bit about what you're up to now. Like I want to hear about this, uh, Viva Postueño, uh, Diseño, wait, this is the, yeah, my Spanish is going. I was trying to read quickly. Uh, Vive per Diseño, right? Life by Design yeah, that's that on one. your, on your cap. Um, what did I say? Vive por sueño. What does that mean? Sueño. Mean. I meant uh, dreams. Okay, which isn't live actually too bad. That could be a good. I'm just that, that can be, live live for your dreams. Live by your dreams. That sounds like you can have that as a. As a, 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 a matter of fact, it's part of what I'm living right now. Yeah, definitely my business and my life right now. It's it's just amazing. I mean, um, you know, just to give you a sense of it, uh, right now I'm working with ninety percent of coaching, as I say, and in coaching I'm working basically in two lanes. One of it is uh, I love to work with business owners, especially like these mid-side companies where, you know, they are making a million dollars or so, but they are not a big company. Uh, I love working with the business owners and then with their managers, but, you know, getting started with the, with, with the owner of the company, especially because this Vive por Diseño, Living by Design, is something that came out of these um, years working and even interviewing business hours, owners that I came up with a, with a common factor among most of the business owners that I've been working with. And it was really shocking at the beginning. And it helped me drive this concept of living by design, which is I, I managed to find out with my clients and the people that I've been interviewing that, you know, most of them got to a place in their business where they look like the successful business owner meaning that they are making millions of dollars, thousands of dollars in their wallet, 
Uh, you know, they have, they're driving the, the, the best car, car ever and they have the MacBook Pro and, you know, all the fancy things, right? They are traveling and you want, you know, everybody look at these people and say, that's the guy I want to be, man. You know, look at that guy. He's driving that car. I'm having these meetings and traveling in first class and, you know, and yes, they made it in the business side of it. But in the process of getting there, they sacrificed their family. They lost their wife. Many of them uh, had the opportunity to actually survive of a heart attack. Um, there was one guy that I interviewed with who said, you know, ever, ever since I was a kid, I loved playing tennis. You know, all, all my, you know, as a kid, as a young guy, you know, I love tennis. I just love it. And so I asked him, well, great. How many times a, a week do you play tennis right now? And he said, well, I have around five years that I don't take a racket on my hands. How is that possible? You are driving a million-dollar company, and you have plenty of people working for you. How is it possible that you're not playing tennis right now? I just can't because, you know, I created this business, but now there is not a moment that I can actually go out to do anything that I want without looking at the business going down. If I'm not there, the business is not there. So they made a lot of mistakes building the business. Now they made it. They made a recipe for success in the business, but the price to pay was the one that I didn't want to pay with my kid back then. Yeah. And I realized there was a huge gap in there that um, needed, needed a different view. So in my own lines, working with Rich, when we got together with Rich, remember, uh, something that really resonated in my life was to create this life, life design, like, you know, what is my ideal day, my ideal week, my ideal month, my ideal year? Man, I really did the homework. I really did sit down to create that for myself. I never did it before. I thought I had it in my mind. And when I created that, I realized I was creating my life design. And then I understood that if I had a life design on my own that I'm really committing to, which is like my values that I'm not willing to, to compromise in any way, and I have it, then, and only then, I can create this business strategy that can help me live my life the way I want to. And so then I understood with these business owners that they managed to create the business strategy without having the life design. Mm. And now they didn't know how to get it back. And worst of all, they already lost their partner, their wife, and everything. So even health. So that... That led me to having a business that I have right now, okay, which is uh, right now I'm working with business leaders uh, towards, yes, let's make more money, let's make a biggest business if you want, but not, but not if you are not willing to create a life design and take back your life. So if you are a business owner, but you don't want to work towards really living your life, you're not my guy. I want to work with people who want to make a great business, but living a great life at the same time. And that's what I'm doing with them right now. Uh, from there, I came up with the, I'm actually right now writing a book, which is called, in Spanish, it's called Vive por Diseño, um, Living by Design, which is right now a brand. Which I already registered this year. Uh, I'm launching an online platform for that concept in Spanish too. And, you know, as a matter of fact, next week I'm traveling to make my first um, uh, Living by Design retreat with five people in Sedona, Arizona, which is just the first one yeah. of too many that I've already been working on planning for next year. 
Yeah, and and I know, um, you know, one of the things you said is you've said to me before or in the build up for this, but both the events that doesn't always come easy, right? But and I, I, yeah, you said to me that you're selling these these places on these retreats and they're pretty costly, right? Several thousand dollars, is that right? And, and so I guess there's this piece that you haven't told us about yet, partly because I made us jump in the story. But what has, I imagine that working with you, if, if there's someone who runs a, a million dollar company, doesn't come that cheap either, because I think you and I probably both agree that to get commitment out of somebody when they're coaching, the, the amount of money that's involved needs to mean something to them. And if you've got all this money from running a very successful company, even if you've lost out in other parts of your life, you know, what will get those kind of people to commit probably isn't a few hundred dollars. So how did you create that? And what's what's really changed since those early days working with Jason to the point now where you're selling spots on the retreats in places like Arizona and you've got these one-on-one clients working with you? Well, you know, my short answer is mindset. <laughs> you know, to me right now, you know, really, to me right now, everything is about mindset. You know, and, uh, you know, the moment I started having, feeling these conversations, I started gaining some confidence on myself. But the more conversations I had, I realized they were impactful. You know, people were getting out of, you know, they were changing their life out of having a conversation with me. And then I realized having my own design that I just couldn't make my, I, I couldn't make my design, but it wouldn't be true for myself. If I have this kind of business where I'm just, you know, charging $20 for a coaching conversation, just not going to happen. So I understood that the impact that I was to create on my clients has to be reciprocated with, you know, this type of business strategy that is giving me enough money to live my life. Because as a matter of fact, living my life that I want, that the way I live it right now, it's been the motivation for many of the clients who wants to work with me. Right. They want to replicate that. They want, they want to pay for that. They want to know how it is to make a shift from your mindset so you can really understand that you don't have to live your life by default. You can live it by design. And so and I, that and Mano, way... And man, I'm just catching. I just caught myself thinking there. Uh, something really similar to what you thought about, about Jason, right? There's a sense of like, whoa, is this... Even for me, right? There's a sense of, whoa, is this true? Like, is he for real? He's got to be bluffing here. So... I guess, like, tell us something about your life by design now that you're just really proud about. That if if we'd spoken even a couple of years ago, but certainly back in 2015, 2016, you wouldn't have believed possible. Like, what's different now in real terms that makes all the difference to you? All right. So, see, for example, when I used to work at Hewlett Packard, the last days that I worked in there, I mentioned that it was 24 by 7 job. So I used to work really, like, you know, 17, 18 hours a day. Um, you know, right now I'm not even working a quarter of that. I mean, in, in, a, in a typical day for minor, right now I just have three conversations a day. And uh, within my week, I don't work on Fridays. I only work from Monday to Thursdays. So Fridays, I, if I decide to play, to just, you know, be with my PlayStation the whole day or just go to the beach, I just do it. But I don't take any single conversation about work on Fridays. I you know, I'll go out with my wife, which is something I'm really proud of because, you know, we we always had an amazing relationship, but right now it's just even greater. You know, we, we take Fridays for both of us. We, we go travel inside our country, drive everywhere, 
or just go for a coffee and read and have a great time together. Now, what else? Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to the gym at the, at the hours where, you know, many people just would wish to be there, right? I'm not going at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning. I go to the gym at 10 a.m. in the morning, right? And then after that, I just come for lunch. And, uh, and so it, I just really created this space. And so I, I'm working out. I'm working a lot of myself and my life. You know, part of my one-year plan, you know, part of the design is, is traveling around the world. And that's the reason why my first retreat is actually being created in Sedona. And for next year, next year I have three different locations around the world to make it. Because, you know, that's what I'm living now. I'm creating what I want to live. I'm not living what just comes to me. I'm really creating it. And for those people who are listening, you know, I, obviously one of the things they can do, if, especially if they speak Spanish, is look you up about this. But what are the tips you would give? to people who are hearing this and thinking either they're a coach and they want to grow a business that looks more like yours, or they're just a leader or a person who's listening, thinking, wow, yeah, that sounds amazing. Like what, are, where are, I don't know, what are, where are the three places you would suggest people start? Well, the first one, the first one would be, you know, give yourself the gift of dreaming, daydreaming. You know, if, if during the night you have a nightmare, let's work on daymares. Uh, you, you know, give yourself the chance of dreaming, really. Because, you know, it looks like people does it, but it's, it's not true, you know. You talk with, I talk with people every day, and when I ask them, okay, how's your life three days from now, uh, three years from now, they don't have it clear. You know, they, they, many people don't even dare to say, well, I'm, I'm earning $500,000 a year. No, they hesitate even for that. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it even to believe it. Yeah, it's not even knowing sometimes, is it? It's like it's somehow not not even having the muscle. We're so used to not not dreaming in some yes, ways. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we are totally used to just live by default. Yeah. You know, oh well, this this happened to me. Well, you know, that's that's life. You know, I, I have to deal with that. Yeah, and tomorrow, well, you know, that that sucks too, but. You know, it happens. You know, that happens to me every time. No, no, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, if you really decide to create a lifestyle, a life design, uh, so you can sit, really sit down with yourself, a great cup of tea or coffee, and um, take your pen and paper, and just, you know, n- not this typical visualization style. I need, I, I need to say this, Robbie. You know, <laughs> the, 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 there is a lot of BS around there about, you know, visualization. And uh, yeah, visualis- visualization is great, but not a typical visualization where you, you just create a panel and put a lot of pictures of the Eiffel Tower and a boat and a nice car, and you look at it every day and say, well, you know, if I repeat this many times, it's going to happen. No, no, no. Let's go beyond that. You know, really sit down and think about what is it that you want to live three years from now, but go so deep that you can feel it in your bones. Not, not the, I would like to have this brand new car. No. How does it feel to have the, you know, to be inside a car, to smell it, to drive it? Where, where are you driving with it? No. How does it feel to be just taking the selfie picture with the Eiffel Tower behind you, right? How does it feel everything? You just, you, you need to feel it. Because the moment you really feel it, I keep feeling it that way, it's already done. You know, it's already created in your mind. And that's the first step. But not because you like it or want it. It's because you really desire it and you can feel it in your bones. That's, what, that's the level of 
that's exactly what we're going to be doing in the retreat. You know, having people to go so deep that they can really feel how they can be there in their minds. Because then you are telling your subconscious mind, this is real. So let's just, you know, um, transform this energy into the material world. Let's, let's do whatever it takes. And now the second step. Now you have your design. Now question every single day. What is the step that I'm going to do today to get closer to it? Is it calling someone? Is it, is it taking a trip to the, to the car dealer? Even though I believe right now that I can buy the car, but is it taking the trip to the car dealer and asking for a test drive? Go ahead and do it. I did it. Right now I have a really nice car park outside. <laughs> you know, after three, four years where I was crying about not being able to buy some eggs, I have a brand new car over there. And what I did was exactly that. I went to the dealer and asked for a test drive. I drove it. I felt it. And I say, this is my car. A few months after, I got it. Mm. I worked towards it. It wasn't that it just showed up in my porch. But, the, right, but you took the action. Right, exactly. So you feel it in your bones. You take a small actions. The smallest one, it doesn't matter. It's getting you closer to that. It feels like you've actually, that's it, right? You don't need a third thing in some way. But is there a third thing that you'd say to people who, who, who want to have more of their life designed, who want to be moving towards that? I would say yes, and it's be grateful today with what you have already. Because mm. if you, it doesn't matter if you're a coach or a business owner, whoever is watching at this or listening to this uh, conversation, you know, if you're not able to be grateful for whatever it is you have right now, it probably means that you won't be grateful for whatever it is you want to have later on in the future. You got to start to, you know, I really... I'm really grateful to what I have right now. And, and, and I'm li- right now, I'm even grateful what I'm going to have because it's already through my head. I believe it so, so hard in myself and in my mind and my bones that I'm just grateful to know that that's going to happen, right? So I, I think that's an important key uh, thing towards you know, creating our new lifestyle or whatever it is that you want to create in your life. Yeah, that's great, man. It's so great. I can feel the energy of, of you talking about that and it's it's powerful to hear and feel and like for my little thing to throw into that just to give people a little even more context like I played out some of my version of that uh, a couple of years ago now some designing life and like there were things in it that are still that I'm still thinking about and working towards and there were some that like this is, sounds really stupid but in this dream I in the kind of dreaming I just came up I was like well actually I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be wearing these really nice pajamas it's just such a stupid thing but I was wearing like the cheapest pajamas I could buy and I don't have to wait five years and till my business is running well to have some of those things once you've realized ah oh, do you know life would be better if these little things were different in this way and you could start to change some of them straight away and and move towards them uh, uh, but I, but I love the energy from you around that and it feels yeah, it feels real. And I can imagine, I can understand why people are spending thousands of dollars to go to Arizona with you. Um, Thank you. Before we finish, I guess there's, there's two things I want to ask about, really. So one is, what is the biggest difference between how you sell coaching now to, to leaders who work with you uh, or, or business owners or to the people who are coming on the retreat to how you used to speak about the work you did and sell it four or five years ago. All right. So 
two things comes to mind. The first one is the place where I, wa I was being yeah. and I am at the moment. So back, back then, I, I wasn't... I wasn't even considering my inner place. Where, where, where am I working with or from, right? Where, where, are, where I, am coming, I am coming from. Uh, back then, I was coming from the need and the, and, the, and the willing to make money and create mature things and everything. And I wasn't spending as much on my, my own spirituality. And, and um, even in the things that really excite me, my gift, it was more about you know, the external things. And... Uh, so I was showing up from a, probably from a needy place, right? Um, I think the main difference right now is, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just showing up from a whole different place. As a matter of fact, when you asked me the question, you, you, you said, you know, how do you sell your services now? And the first thing that I thought was, I don't. <laughs> I don't. And I used to try to sell them before. That was a place that I was coming from. Like this, you know, uh, car dealership seller that, you know, you know, this is the one that takes the car with them and I'm going to make whatever it is so for them to take it. Um, no, right now I'm building my business from a place of, I'm just committing every single day to find out well, how really, truly, how can I serve someone and what, what can I create? I learned this for rich. Yeah. And maybe I, this is maybe that maybe what you've just said is the answer to this. But for people who are in the needy place right now, or they're, they're kind of rushing all over the place with being the car salesman, but they love the sound of what you're saying and they would love to be there. What what would you advise them to do? What's the tip? What's the you know, it may not be as easy as that. Right. But where do they start to make that shift? Look, uh, this is not marketing for our job. But if, if it is within your hands, just go ahead and look for a coach. Yeah. You know, that's the first one. You know, really. and, 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 and from it, what you said, I would say, and a coach that will help you dream. Because that's what, that's what hit me when you said that, right? Who's going to really help you dream. That's right. And sometimes it doesn't even have to, you know, to mean that you, you have to invest money. You know, look for the best person you have around you who can help you think in a different way. And look at the things at a different way and dream. You know, it may be a friend, you know, it may be a coach who is willing to, you know, make the practice and perhaps it's going to help you. I don't know. But uh, 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 even, you know, even don't hesitate to ask for help, even though you consider that the coach that you are going to be asking for is a guy that is charging this whole lot of money because you don't really know if that is the guy who is going to be willing to give you four sessions just like Jason did with me. Right. Right. right? But you have, you have to look for that, and, you know, for, for a way to think different. And let me give you something may be profound, but at least it's, a, it's something for you to think about, right? Consider it, if, if right now you feel you have one to X number of problems in your life, that you would like to get rid of them, right? Just take, make a list of five. Yeah, you probably will, will come up with five things that you may consider a problem in your life or you would like to fix, change in whatever way. Just think about them you know, one, two, three, four, five things, five problems you have in your life right now. Now, try to come up with which is the common factor, really, the common factor among all of them. I'm going to make a spoiler here because I had to do it because of time. <laughs> but if you really think about it, you will realize and find out that the common factor between those five or X number of problems is you. 
Zhu, and going more deep even, going deeper, is your thinking. Mm. It's your thought about the problem. If you are not in the picture, there is no problem at all. The only way something is a problem is because you are thinking about it as a problem. If you go deep into this, whatever, what I'm saying here, hopefully you will get to realize something. There is not such thing as a problem at all. <laughs> and that is, that is deep and it is big uh, and it's brilliant, right? And, and, and then maybe that's, maybe this is, maybe you're doing it for us right now. But the other question I wanted to ask just before we finish is, what's changed about the way that you work with people from five years ago, maybe when you first started working with Jason and four or five years ago and focused in on that coaching lane to now where you're speaking with this passion, the energy with these insights and the business is, is going completely differently. Um, the first one is that I'm really committed every day to work for them, not for me. Yeah. At the beginning, it was like, whatever it is I'm doing is because I want this, 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 and this. Now, I'm really looking to understand what is it that I can do to help you. And the second thing is that, you know, I've been, you know, during these days, I've managed to, to increase my level of awareness about realizing that we all in the world want, just want to be better. We are, we all are looking for our own definition of happiness and we all are dealing with our own demons. And so now it's a great difference compared to 10 years ago is that um, every time I have someone in front of me, I, I make myself aware that they are living their own world with their own demons. And now I feel this compassion about it because I have my own too. And so I just try to forget about myself and find a way to help out this person and people to have a different view on their lives. Hopefully that will be enough for them to change something. Man, that feels like a beautiful place to end the conversation. Um, you know, you mentioned those three things and gratitude is one of them. Like, I am very grateful to you for the time. Uh, and also I'm grateful that, you know, it was a funny story. I remember, um, I think we'd already signed up for this six month program with, with Rich Litvin, which is how we met. And we were going around in one of the calls I remember is going around this the screen of everyone who was on the zoom call. And, uh, you know, we've, I found out, I think in that call that lives, lives about a mile to the, uh, east of where I'm sitting now in my flat in London. And, and I think I already knew this or we were just learning it, but I was just about to move to Costa Rica for two months and was living about a mile. I mean, a bit more than that, actually, I think in the end from where you lived in Costa Rica was where we were going to be staying for at least a couple of months. So I'm really grateful that, that we got to hang out then and that we've got to hang out again now. And look, thanks so much for the time and the energy and the insight. I'm pretty sure we could have talked about coaching for another two or three hours uh, and and we haven't even touched on one of the things that i really wanted to talk about you know if we keep if i keep doing this we'll have to come back again when uh, your book yasoi coach e ahorake uh which means <laughs> i am a coach now what right and and yeah. that's you, you said that that's in editing right now and so it'll be coming out sometime soon so 
look forward when you are uh, when those two books come out to to hearing uh, hearing more from you about them. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say before we just before we say goodbye and wrap up the call? Well, you know, really appreciate the invitation. I really, really enjoyed this time. It was, I think, it was, it was great. You know, getting back to my memories and sharing them with you. Uh, hopefully, it will work. But you know, for those who are coaches, that I know that you get to a lot of coaches in here. Um, you know, really, I I want to invite you all to 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 consider this. You know, take a look at whatever you believe is your competence. Your, you know, the people that is competing against you. Take a look. Take a look at that belief. Take a look at what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I really invite you to just cross to the other street and start doing the opposite. You know, just don't, don't let yourself to fall into this massive message there is, which says that you have to be doing exactly the same thing that everybody is doing. You know, if you want to find out your voice, your message, your, your, your living by design, whatever it is brand that you are going to be creating, you need to you need to start speaking your voice. And in order to do that, you cannot be doing exactly the same thing that everybody's doing, you know. Believe in yourself. But in order to do that, you have to have conversations. So don't, don't wait, you know, for the right system, process, and website, and everything it is in place for you to start. No, just go ahead and start serving people. That's it. That's all. Start serving people, and you will, you will remember, you know, sometime after today that, you know, that's part of the great recipe of, you know, having success in a business like this. It's about serving people. Yeah, and look, I that I think that's a wonderful message to give to coaches, but it's not just for coaches, right? That You could have said most yeah. of those things almost exactly to people in all kinds of businesses, but I think, like we've touched on already, you know, there are some specific things about coaches that make that particularly present for them. Look, Amina, I'll put all the links and information that we've sp- touched on, things we've touched on today in the in the in the in the notes on at thecoachesjourney.com and, and also wherever people are listening to this. And yeah, just, just say, look, uh, pura vida. Y, uh, <laughs> have a wonderful rest of the day because it's, it's lunchtime right where you are now. And I, yeah, I wish that I was, um, we were going to be meeting at uh, Cafe Hacienda Real, which is just, if anyone's in, next time someone's uh, in San Jose, head down there uh, or somewhere <laughs> else, somewhere else soon. Great time we had there. And yeah. I have great memories of that place and you know, having conversations with you. I really love the opportunity and I'm really grateful, Robbie, of having meet, uh, meeting you with uh, Rich and then having the opportunity to meet him here in Costa Rica. You know, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to be here and I'm and, and really, really grateful, grateful for, for your invitation. Mina, until next time. Thanks so much. Take care.